Hey guys, welcome to the TLDR podcast. Um, this is Luke, I'm Tom. TLDR is just Tom and Luke discussing reality. Uh, obviously means some a few things to a few different people, but we just wanted to create a bit of a podcast around uh, what reality is for late 20s to mid 30 year olds. Um, we both, both work in the fitness space and uh, this first discussion is kind of based around what 2021 has been, uh, what maybe summer 2022 will bring. Um, and kind of a plethora of things in amongst there kind of went on for a little bit, but um, some, some good juicy bits in there. But um, yeah, stay tuned. If you're on uh, YouTube, have a watch. If you're anywhere else, have a listen. Feel free to reach out, give us some feedback. Um, excited to bring you these podcasts as uh, frequently as we can. Enjoy. All right, hey man, how are you? Good, good. How are you? Yeah, good, dude. Good. How'd you go in that session? Yeah, actually really good uh impressed or pleased myself with the uh the one rm deads uh definitely haven't been as consistent with training this year as i'd like so sure. um yeah 180 like content wouldn't say i'm happy but like content with being able to pull that and then nice. never really tested strict press so that was 65 cool so a good good way to well good, interesting way to end the year with just some metrics or some data to kind of lead into the new year of Mm. Um, some goal setting and see what I can accomplish from there on out but um, yeah you're looking forward to you got you got ideas of what, what you want to hit yeah I think I pulled 182 and a half last week for a double and I was thrashed so I feel yeah. actually fresher this week yeah so hopefully 185 and I was thinking on the oh, I was walking to get a coffee before and I was thinking I should start working in pounds because it sounds way, way <laughs> better. I don't know if that's 400 pounds. I'm yeah. Sure, but What's like your next metric? Like, it's just like, I just want another 100. Exactly. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I think that's a cooler way to break it up. And then it's, you might have closer increments or more increments, I should say. So it's like 400 pounds, 200 kilos, 450 yeah. pounds, 210, <laughs> and just like slowly creep up like that. Just change it every time, just yeah. to, regardless of who, like irrespective of who you're talking to. Exactly. Make yourself feel better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What about strict press? You ever tested that out? Yeah, back in the day, I was going through a heavy strength block for a while where I hit some good numbers. I wasn't fit at all. Mm. So I've just kind of like teetered between, I guess, being fit or having a fitness focus and having a strength focus. Now I'm kind of right in the middle of the two, which I feel good about. Yeah. I feel like my strength is comparable. It's not going to ever probably be as strong as I was because um, I was about 10 kilos heavier mm. and only working on that. Um, so for my back squat, I would say it's 140, yeah. possibly 145, um, which is right under two times body weight at about 80 kilos right now, mm-hmm. uh, maybe 82. And strict press, I'm hoping for just under one body, one times body weight, so 75 maybe. Yeah, okay. I think I could pretty comfortably hit 70. Um, but again, I haven't tested it for ages, yeah. not at all this year. This will be my first testing block this year. Um, halfway through December so it's gonna be interesting yeah for sure what's your like what would you say is your go-to like pulling pulling test in terms of upper body pull um max pull-up seems to be like a pretty consistent one for me in terms of I guess like a strength test um and for me a bit more like that's definitely relative it'd be yeah it'd have to be some sort of row yeah I guess pen lay is a good one yeah but I've never really maxed out on the pen lay for some reason, it's always just been the back squat, the deadlift, the strict press, the bench press, the classics. 
So it'd be such a hard um, metric, uh, not like uh, form to monitor the Pandora because right. you just like even at lightweight, you see people absolutely flog themselves and butcher it. Yeah, you can really sling that weight up. That's why it's so hard. I feel with those kinds of movements. Once you start getting into more niche movements, having that consistency, there's like mm. three or four ma- rules to testing. It's repeatability, reliability, consistency, and one other, or maybe that's it. And I feel like the more niche you get with the movement, like, you know, I guess even a, even a bicep curl, you could really have some strict standard rules. Um, I guess you could have that with everything, I suppose. Yeah, but I can't remember the last time I tested a bicep curl. <laughs> One max bicep curl. One RM bicep curl. That's the most bro thing you could do, I think. Yeah, I'd imagine there'd be a few at uh, the Globos having oh, a red hot crack. It'd be interesting to see, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I wouldn't be surprised if some people knew. Oh, like, yeah. Pe- people would know. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I would have no idea. Besides when I'm re-racking a client's bar, and I'm like, I wonder if I can curl that just <laughs> They're deadlifts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or if you're sporting someone, it's like, I wonder how much of that weight they're doing a bench press or something, you're standing over them and, and they fail. And it's like, I wonder how much of that weight I just lifted off them. True. Do you ever think that? Like how much help you've given them? Whether that's... I try not to give them any, so not really. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Until they're like going purple in the face. Until it's gone, ba- until it's gone backwards, then it's, a, then it's more of a... True. It's probably a bit of shrug in there as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it wouldn't be a strict bicep curl. No. Yeah. But in terms of, um, in terms of strength testing, I'd, I'd be pretty keen to just increase everything pretty much by 20 kilos. I would yeah, say right. so. What for next year? Yeah, that would be yeah by this time next year I would say, and because I've been able to lift heavier in the past, I think I could get back to that point yeah. faster the second time around. But leaner, like you want to stay low. low exactly. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to blow back out to ninety-two kilos. I was pretty, I was pretty unhappy, and I think I was just, it was like a band aid. Yeah. Okay. It's like yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty big in terms of, like in a bad way. Um, or in a in in a less of a positive way, I suppose. But I was kind of masking it, I guess, with like how much I could deadlift, how much I could back squat. Like, yeah, but and I can do this. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I'm like sweeping all this trauma under the rug, but I can back squat 170 kilos. So whatever. <laughs> yeah, I would like to get close to that, as close as I could, while maintaining like an eight, like a low 80s yeah. body weight. Yeah. What do you think for next year? Oh, mate, I think. It's all relative to body weight, so I've got numbers that I'm chasing. Sure. But I think if I lean out, um, those numbers will drop. Yeah, they're recording. Uh, yes, yeah, but I think I still want those actual numbers because, mm. yeah, there's something, you know, I don't want to have the same numbers and be a lot of body weight because you still only have a back squatted that way. Yeah, Do you know right. what I mean? Um, the priority for me next year is changing to probably more cardio, longer distance. So doing more... Uh, half marathons and that sort of stuff so if that's the priority I feel like I will lean out Mm. Um, but I think that will help me with my consistency of my training especially with my lifestyle um, of travel so trying to be running you can do anywhere so that's kind of like look there's no excuses for not doing it when I'm I'm travelling if I can get my well now having never done I don't even know we're going to do strict press this week so having never done that maybe do a one times body weight for that one and a half for bench two for squat two and a half for deads sick so if i stay 80 that's 80 120 160 200 yeah and those numbers just are really clean so mm-hmm. even if i drop below it's like i still want those numbers yeah i get that because you don't i don't want to be like oh, i hit 195 dead and i was 78 right i'd still want the 200 yeah so, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's what you weigh right now you weigh about 80 i actually have no idea yeah i sit okay. around 80 yeah um i think 
mid-hockey uh, season this year, I dropped to about 78. Just with the increase in load of intensity just and stuff? Just like pure, yeah. you know, training to one and a half times a week and then a game, maybe go for a run during the week. Training was probably a bit more consistent. So the conditioning side of things just led to the weight just going. Mm. Um, so I want to eat according to like half marathons will be priority. So a little bit more carb and that sort of stuff. Sure. Um, but I don't like I don't want to forego the the absolute strength of bench dead squat. Sure. I've always had dicky shoulders, so if I can increase, you know, having never tested a strict press, I think I jumped from fifty to seventy today, and just was like, oh, that's a bit of a jump. Yeah. Uh, so drop back to sixty, then sixty five, which was pretty a good push. Yeah. Uh, but if I can get that up, I mean, that's a huge jump, fifteen kilos in a year, but for an untrained part of my body I don't feel like I train shoulders effectively mm. um, maybe a little bit more technique work as well sure. rather than just fuck it try and muscle it up mm. uh, I think I think it's achievable I have no doubt that you know with my like I said before the deads with no training this year or minimal training um, specific training like I have I, you know if I did a good 12 week block they'd be 185 to 190 yeah so if I've got 52 weeks to try and hit 200 I think that's achievable mm squat we'll find out Wednesday that's one that's always been it used to be a strength I think I hit 155 when I was high 70s uh, but if I hit 150 this week I'll be stoked yeah. just like real tight hip flexors adductors are short um, probably I think last time I got under the bar just wasn't even thinking so I didn't even think about hips back and down knees out as I come up yeah I just like I just dropped and I was like oh fuck I've got to I'm get under back 140 up kilos yeah. Here. yeah yeah uh, so just a little bit more prep but I find like even this morning you know I can't remember the last time I had a full stretch did some massage guns on my legs um, even got Zoe to massage gun my hamstrings and glutes before I came for probably 10 minutes each leg sick and then it's like well obviously you're going to probably lift more because you've prepped more yeah, even right. mentally like you've allowed yourself an extra 25 minutes was on the bike for 10 minutes before we started that sort of stuff so you don't do that on a normal Monday yeah. going in I think that's good though having that there's a little bit of anxiety around test week and it mm. brings the I think it brings the best out of people mostly yeah sometimes like egos get in the way and maybe there's it brings some bad things out of people but otherwise I feel like the mental preparation for me is the most important thing mm. if I'm if I'm switched on and I'm really, and I really take my training seriously at the moment, so I'm going to do everything I can in order to prepare really well. Yeah. But not everyone is like that, obviously. No. But for me, the mental preparation is huge. Being sure I get a good night's sleep and you know not going out and drinking on the weekend prior and you know drinking my three or four liters of water a day and yeah. fueling properly and all this stuff, and it really sets you up and it and it just shows you what you could achieve in the other 51 weeks of the year. Big you time. know, I think that's that's massive is for a lot of people in here they're like oh my god i could actually do that yeah i could actually lift that amount of weight and then when they go into a workout where there's maybe more reps of the same lift like a deadlift for example they're like well i put 110 so i should be able to do you know sets of five at like 85. it's interesting though like because like you just said say say you get the 25 30 percent that are actually eating right sleeping well hydrating not going out last weekend to prep for track for testing week and they pull, you know, some of the ladies might hit like 110, like you say, and then they drop down to a percentage. Then they haven't had that prep and they can't hit those right. they, those percentages for reps. 
I'm curious to see how that affects people because I just like, you know, we know it. It's common knowledge for, for health professionals, I'd imagine. It's like, well, if your body's mentally, physiologically prepped for, for exercise or f- to accomplish a goal, you're possibly, and you're trained, you're possibly more likely going to hit it. But you can't just walk in and do that the next right, day. Right, that's true. Um, so hopefully, yeah, there is some adaptation in people's lifestyles off that and getting an understanding of like, all right, cool, I can actually do that and I feel really good. Um, so let's, let's build off that. And I think tracking, like for me, having gone four months this year with absolutely no drinks, I just know how beneficial and how much more optimal you, my body can operate. Fully cut out dairy, just like certain little, just small inflammatory markers for myself just made me be like on a bit more. Mm. Um, the right nutrition and all that sort of stuff. Your, your body can optimate, can um, operate so suboptimally that you don't really know how optimal it can operate. So true. Because we exist at between 60 and 80% most of the time because we want to indulge in that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, or you're not as disciplined with your water intake or exactly. your sleep. Or... 10 coffees before 10 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the rule, right? Yeah. 10 before 10. No, yeah. absolutely. I think that's a... Mm. To... to People, I think people know. It's like, look, yeah, I, but I, I'm happy to sacrifice, you know, pulling an extra ten kilos from the floor because what does that really do for me? I'm yeah. going to lose my friends if I don't go out on the weekend. It's it's quite a hilarious, um, I don't know, compromise that people put themselves in. Yeah, yeah, it's finding those things out about yourself. What am I doing that's inhibiting, and what am I doing that's facilitating performance? I suppose yeah. if people tra- take that training that seriously, which hopefully a lot of people do, especially in the gym. Mm in the gym that we train at. So what do you feel like if you were to summarize what your diet looks like when you're optimizing for performance? Yeah. What does that look like? Honestly, I think I think it's a case of calorie intake increases. Like I don't I definitely don't eat enough for the amount of mental and physical work I put my body through. Uh, so it's purely a case of cool if I'm on, I need to eat food. I have like a plan for food. It's wake up, it's two eggs on toast. Um, train, come home, smoothie. I even have vitamins before I train and normally have like a greens powder just to really bump up anything that I've missed. Mm. Come home, smoothie. Do you have a brand for that? Sorry? Do you have a brand for the greens powder that you like? Oh, whatever's best value for money. Yeah. Um, It doesn't make you ill. Some of them can make you quite ill. Mm -hmm. I think when you have them on an empty stomach. Um, No brand ambassadors here, not yet. (laughs) No, nothing really. Like we've, tr- I've tried True Protein. I've tried Nature's Own. I've tried uh, bulk, bulk nutrients. I think it is a bulk essential, essential nutrients, something like that. Mm. They all do the job. They all just like, yeah, give you a little bit. Like it's just more for me, maybe if I'm not having enough greens in the evening uh, or throughout the day, which I know I don't, based mm. off my next meal being chicken and rice, more often than not, and then I might have some oats with almond milk sure. and fruit. So just like pure carb, and then evening is protein and veg, some sort of chicken, uh, chicken, fish, steak, and salad or roast veg or whatever. So that's a that's a a good eating day. As soon as I miss out the chicken and rice, the oats, just overall calorie intakes drops, mm. and I can easily get through a day without having those because I'm busy. Yeah. Um, and you just end up, so then it becomes literally eggs on toast, smoothie, dinner. Mm. Even sometimes I'll have a snack in there when I'm, when I'm really looking to eat. So it's, I think that, and then even more so you don't get that three o'clock wane 
because you're eating you've got more fuel or that that craving for a coffee that you have at 2 p.m it's actually probably you just need some water and some food yeah that's the biggest thing for me on a hot day or a, or a humid day like it is today i just feel like i can never get enough water in mm. so i really push for at least three liters a day um sometimes i'll i'll dip lower than that but if i'm ever under two liters i'm like you feel it eh? it affects everything yeah my how i wake up the next day my performance that day my mood um you know all kinds of stuff mm. like the general well-being just how i feel in general so four liters for me is like optimal um any more than that's like point of diminishing returns i think and i'm yeah. just kind of going to the bathroom more frequently and not really getting as much benefit out of it so three to four liters i think is is pretty good um so you found that what you're eating right now is, or on a good day, you said, yeah. you found that to be optimal for performance? Yeah, absolutely. Like performance in the gym, out of the gym. Like I, I count work as performance as well. For sure. Um, brain function. So and it, um, uh, for those that know, and if you don't, you probably you'll find out real quick, very routine oriented. Um, so if I don't plan food, I won't eat yeah so i need to plan food so i'm already thinking about putting the rice cooker on making sure i've got some rice to have with the chicken later mm. um i've already had oats this morning so i might have eggs later that sort of stuff um, i'm not i'm not really at all what a planner uh, a, a routine yeah, not person. a planner not a planner i'm i'm very impulsive in nah, pretty much you. every aspect yeah. <laughs> if you can believe that. <laughs> if i i wouldn't say i'm an opportunist because i feel like there's a negative connotation to that but i'm I love opportunities yeah. in, uh, in going out and having brunch and having a coffee. I've got like the worst rubber arm ever. I'm a yes guy yeah. in, in business stuff, in whatever. I just, I want it all and I want to do everything. And, yeah. and if stuff falls by the way, if I start something and it falls by the wayside, then that's just how it happens. But uh, yeah, that includes food. Yeah, <laughs> where, yeah, yeah, for sure. Where, oh, you know, go out for brunch, have a coffee, have two coffees. Yeah, for sure, man, no problem. <laughs> or, uh, you know, go out for lunch or whatever. Like, see my partner for lunch. She just works around the corner, which is perfect. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm less regimented, Yeah, let's say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And how do you find your nutrition is affected by? Or how do you find that affects your nutrition? Um, higher calories, probably the necessary. More calories? I would say, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I feel like I, I train a lot and I've got a fairly physical job with running the gym and doing the coaching stuff and, and my training and doing the stuff with the footy clubs and whatnot. I feel like I'm on my feet all the time. So maybe that's that's my excuse for saying, uh, you know, like yeah. like this week, for example, I'm like, all right, higher calories. We're going to be overreaching. Yeah. So I can get away with having some more stuff in my day. Nothing that's massively negative. Um, or that has really high calorie amounts because yeah. no foods are really positive nor negative but nothing that has massive amounts of calories but I'll just eat a lot throughout yeah, the day yeah, yeah. still fairly good like I'll have a steak and I'll probably cook like more um, like more roast veg with it um, or have like another piece of sourdough yeah. or the butter's a little thicker than normal or you know that kind of stuff like it just creeps in are you more of a bigger meal person like more on the plate or more meals more on the plate. More on the plate. Yeah, yeah okay. I feel like sitting and eating a meal is like a, a, like I'm wasting time because I am yeah. so impulsive and fast paced. I, f I would rather eat if I could just one huge meal with four thousand really? calories and and uh, I, so, I be think done. I'm the same, but for the opposite. So it's like I do, like I eat food so quick, so I'd rather have more meals mm. because like. 
the more is on there, the more it's going to like the longer it will take me. Yeah. Because if I can just like cool, I have a little bit now, then a little bit again, then a little bit again, <laughs> yeah. goes like that anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I just love the feeling of being satiated. Yeah. You know, when you finish the big meal and you're like, oh, really? Gene, like Gene Button. Nah, I can't under, stand that. Like feeling. Christmas Day is the best thing. Oh no. You don't like? You'd rather just be like, like all right, I'm fueled up enough. Yeah, and like just enough, keep going. Mm. I, I get very uncomfortable when I'm over full. Right. I just like because then that eats like that's more discomfort and I'm thinking about that so that eats into my next thing that I want to do yeah 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 like I, I'm just like no I eat I eat to perform yeah I very rarely well Christmas day like certain occasions yeah I'll eat to enjoy I'm sure it's different but of an evening it's like cool I want to eat this because I want to do the next thing yeah true I finished dinner I went through a big phase of that and I still do think about well I mean I take my training so seriously so of course I'm fueling my body for that and again trying to be as optimal as I can for performance but I went through a period where I was probably like 17 or 18 and I think most young dudes kind of go through like a bodybuilding phase when they first get into fitness. Yeah. It's like the lowest barrier to entry. You go in, you lift weights, you don't have to think too much about yeah. like rep ranges and stuff. And being a young dude, you're so malleable. You can just see all this adaptation so quickly. And for the longest time, it's like getting into that and uh, yeah, you've got all this testosterone and you're like, you know, you're like a, a young bull. And you go in and you, yeah, chest three days a week. Yeah. Yeah, you do, you rarely touch a, a bar and a squat rack. Um, and I just found that I didn't have to worry so much about the nutrition side of things. Yeah. Because I could kind of out-train that. Yeah. Um, whereas now, like 27, it's more important to me. And maybe that's because I've learned more mm. about the topic. You know, the Dunning-Kruger effect where you learn something about a topic and then you realize you know nothing. And, and then you learn some more and then you're like really confident about the topic. And then yeah. you realize, oh my God, I know nothing compared to some of these people. Yeah, man. And I feel like I've just gone through waves of that. And really I know now, besides like, I just try and eat plants and animals and drink lots of water and avoid yeah. processed carbs. And other than that, it's like, that's pretty much all I need. I don't mm. fo- focus too much on meal timing or even macronutrients so much. I just try and get some protein in pretty much every meal. Yeah. And I think that's, like you mentioned something there about that effect of the more you learn, the less you know. Um, and that's such a, like going a little bit off tangent, but like that's such a, so prevalent, you know, I think a lot of people's lives when it comes to the people that you surround yourselves with, because you only ever, you, you would rarely surround yourselves on a day-to-day basis with people who aren't of your ilk, who mm. aren't alike. Uh, and they, therefore you feel like you're, education or your knowledge is broad like everyone knows the same thing yeah. so therefore your the, your value is diminished and i think that's quite an interesting concept that people don't grasp and i can only speak for our industry but it's like there's so much out there when it comes to social media like nothing there is nothing new in the world there's nothing new in the world of um, exercise or health you just need to train often and eat well mm. and obviously people's definitions of eat well um, vary and there are nuances to that based on body types and blood types and all that sort of stuff um, but for the majority if they were just to eat slightly better for want of a better term um, and train or move more often you're going to see a good result sure however trying to package that up in the in this industry and sell it you just you think oh, I can't say that everyone else is doing that or um, mm. I, that's, that's there's no value in that but yet again you're, you're around the people that know the know the knowledge you're not targeting the people around you 
you're targeting the people that aren't around you. So true. Um, and I think that's probably one of my biggest takeaways from this year. Not, not that I didn't know it already, but just to empower people to have the confidence to back themselves in what they know. Um, I think, what was it? I asked, I asked a question uh, of someone recently, like what is, what is one thing for yourself that's gonna make 2022 a success? And it's to have more trust in themselves, like to have more belief in themselves and what they can do even though probably everyone around them believes that they can do it. Mm. But it's just your own self-belief in what, what your skill set is or what your knowledge is or what your capacity is that you have this self-doubt. And again, it's possibly because you're just around the people that can do the same or more or slightly less. So therefore you feel like your talents are watered down. Right. Um, and yet massively off, tra- off tangent. But I think that effect that you I mentioned like that. is just so prevalent in today's society and, and it's and it's probably one of the reasons we potentially wanted to start this or this is something that I've definitely been um, keen to do for a long time and start up some sort of conversational podcast is because or why I haven't sorry because oh there's so many around and there's like there's yeah. all of these people doing the same thing talking about all these topics but that's because they're the ones that I listen to mm. they're not the ones that maybe the people that I uh, am friends with family with a greater network out there that, that listen to podcasts if at all um, and I think the benefit of having this sort of platform is just creating more vulnerability and awareness around young to middle men, um, middle-aged, young to middle-aged men. What would we be? Pre-middle-aged young. men. <laughs> Pre-middle-aged men that don't yeah, talk. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Um, mm. That don't talk about, like there's a lot of bravado around people in our age and our age bracket and that sort of stuff and ego and all that sort of stuff. And it's, I think there's far less of the vulnerability side. And that's one of the things that I think is important to talk about um, because we all have a very similar journey to this point. And then from there, it's how you, the lessons you've learned in the formative years, and I count formative years as anything up until post tertiary education or post those first few years of full-time work. Sure. Um, it's a similar pathway. We've just learned different lessons in, as individuals or been provided different opportunities because of we've been the right place, right time, or we know people. Um, and how that, you know, that tangent veers off even more so and more so as you get older and older, mm. even though we've all started from a very similar, you know, tree trunk, I guess, as I look outside and see a tree trunk, yeah. they just get further apart or they, you know, later on in life, you, you get further apart or you go closer together or whatever it is. Mm. Yeah, it's so interesting that we could have the same starting point, I suppose. You know, like we're three years apart or yeah. something. And we could, and it sounds like we've had a pretty similar upbringing, but there's so much, so much nuance to that. And again, as you said, like the lessons that someone learns from the same situation. Big like time. Your parents are together, but my parents broke up when I was 18. And I feel like that was a really pivotal thing for me to like kind of kink off on a branch. I'm um, using your analogy of the tree trunk before, like kink off on a different branch and, and maybe become a little bit more. Um, introverted I suppose and, and and colder with my emotions and less sharing growing up I was like a really affectionate sharing loving kid yeah. young dude yeah. even like playing footy and, and all that stuff that would maybe like inhibit some of those things I was still like pretty much you know who I am is who I am and, and uh, but then yeah it was like a really definitive point in my life at like 17 or 18 or 19 something I think it was 18 and uh, and that just like kicked me off on this yeah, new time. pathway, big time. 
And it's only really as I've started reflecting on it in the last few years that I've understood that that's what happened. I never really even thought about it, to be honest, mm. until that point. So I think a platform like this is, is really important for that. Um, and I'm a, big, I'm a big reflector on myself. I'm very analytical of everything that I do, whether it be the conversations that I have with people and how, my, how I've perceived that they have been left from that conversation or how they left that conversation, how they were feeling from that conversation um, or you know, my own actions and how I responded to certain things. I'm really working it at that and trying to yep. get my younger self back. Yes, yeah, because I feel like I'd really just internalized and I was just in my own skull for the last, well, almost 10 years, which is mm. pretty crazy to say. But now I'm, I've learned the lesson from that, even though it kind of, in some ways it, it wasted 10 years, but in other ways it really allowed me to propel myself through my career, I suppose, and yeah. really head down, us up and do some shit throughout that period. Because I didn't have to worry about the emotion side of things and I could just, you know, I could just, like the analogy that I use is like I'm in a one-man capsule hurtling through space and uh, there's no space for anyone else in this capsule, yeah. whether it be like family or friends. And obviously my girlfriend is like tagged along. She's like tethered herself to, the, <laughs> to this one-man capsule and, and she's along for the ride and, and that's amazing. Um, but otherwise it's like I'm in this little thing and I'm just hurtling through space and I'm progressing and I'm achieving all these things and all these opportunities are coming up more importantly, which yeah. has allowed me to achieve stuff. And I feel like I couldn't have done that in my old self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm thankful for it, but also I'm aware that there are some negatives that come with that mm. in that there might be some, you know, I'm not sure, like commitment issues or um, like, how I respond to certain things or if I've ever, you know, if my work ethic is ever questioned for whatever reason, that's like a big one. I don't know if that's come from that or if that's a separate thing, but I just feel like I'm, I'm aware of it now. I'm very aware of that big, that big kink in the road for me. Yeah, for sure. Do you feel like you ever had anything similar to that? Oh, I or like, maybe more gradual curve. Yeah, like this is something that gets brought up in... Well, not the first time like this sort of question has been posed more more from a uh what's been that yeah like what's your life-changing event that caused you to do x um i would say if anything maybe like traveling to play sport in europe um led me to go no i really want to make a career out of health and fitness yeah cool um i can't really think of anything like that that's probably as black and white as it is um yeah, I can't think of some sort of, you know, specific acute event that really was like, this is the moment where um, this happened or this changed. Yeah, not, not, it, it might be it's more not, gradual. Cool. Yeah, it might have been more gradual or something like that. But yeah, I think there's, there's definitely like I can see parts of what I do now in, in previous versions of me. Mm. But I wouldn't say it's a specific event. Sure. Um, more so like my the analytical brain or the um the drive to always want to do something um to never sit still i can see that in either parents or friends or oh yeah this is stemmed from boredom at high school right. um and my acting up comes from boredom mm. um never satisfied sort of not never satisfied that's probably not the right phraseology but 
constant like cool done that what's next done just that hungry, what's yeah. next yeah wouldn't even say wouldn't say hungry I would say um, I don't know like constantly needing a challenge yeah or constantly okay. needing something to take my attention um, and so sitting I think as those close to me will know being alone I don't like it's not that I'm like oh he can't be by himself but like being alone I just get bored mm. I was like cool unless I've got a task to do just sitting and not being um, challenged I guess I just find like okay cool I need to head out or that's why I think I enjoy watching sport so much because sport is the only true reality TV I believe yeah um, you know there's no scripting or this, unless it's you know been butchered whatever it is um, match fixed match fixed <laughs> um, there's no scripting there's no you can't tell what's going to happen next it's not formulaic right. uh, so I think that's why I really gravitate towards sport and competition in general um because like you know i'll watch a chess match and i just love the analytics of just like cool who's winning who's ahead who's behind how are they setting up the strategy um so it's like someone someone or something against someone or something else Mm. i used to be really really fascinated by um war and not not the not the death and the mayhem but just like cool what's been the what's the rationale and how did someone believe so strongly that this was a reason that they could go to war Mm. um, and they couldn't resolve it through conversation and communication and again another big realization in probably the last 18 months to two years is that you know everything ever can be solved with good communication or can be created with communication Um, and with a lack of communication comes problems Mm. it's that simple if you think about yeah and solve doesn't necessarily mean better it just means solved right. or um, completed mm. uh, without, with, with less friction. There might be friction, but with less friction. Sure. Whereas as soon as we have a preconceived idea of something that, you know, someone else is considering or thinking or another party or it's like, oh, well, I'll do this because I think that, that that's what's happening. Just go and talk to them. Um, so, yeah, all that kind of stemmed from what was the one big, I don't really have a, a big, you know, moment in time. But I think just like I just said, like I probably just outlined like, you know, little stages. I was in the Defence Force for a little bit and that kind of had a little, like I, t- I tried that, I tried competitive sport a little bit, tried that. Um, you know, I've had a few uh, interactions with people. I used to hate conflict because it meant conversation that was uncomfortable. Mm. So I would avoid conversation. So then that would create conflict. Right. Whereas now it's like, cool, just have a conversation. Sure. My, um, the, 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 the best reference i could think of is i was dating uh this girl at, at the time and i just knew from maybe a month prior i was like this isn't going to work out long term um great girl but just different stages or whatever it was for whatever the reason it wasn't going to work out that was my opinion and i caught up my old man i'm just like yeah i'm just not sure and he's like well you know you've probably been thinking this for a little while it's either going to be done you'll either tomorrow you'll either be broken up or you won't and then you'll still have to have the conversation and mm. if, you, if you're not and then if you don't do it again the next day you'll still have to have the conversation so like 20 minutes later it was done like it's just to have that realisation of like yeah. oh if I'm prolonging a hard conversation I still have to have it and it just gets harder and harder and harder mm. and so that's something I think I try to instill in my team and that sort of stuff of like whatever your hardest task is whatever you're, the thing you're putting off the most to complete that first and then right. everything's easier from there on out mm. um yeah, I, uh, and I think that comes from overthinking things. Like the oh, anxiety massively, of confrontation massively. is like one of the worst, I feel. Whether it's something as simple as like you have to give some feedback to someone because they're not doing the job right or yep. 
whether it's like a physical alteration, mm. <laughs> no, altercation, I should yeah, say, yeah. not alteration, <laughs> that's pretty different. A physical altercation is like the same kind of anxiety I feel. And, uh, and man, just biting the bullet. I've, oh, yeah. In my impulsiveness, I feel like that's one, another positive is that I feel like I can, I can do that just straight away and yeah. have that conversation and, and bite the bullet and be like, oh, you know, it'll, uh, it'll, it'll suck at the time, but rip the bandaid off yeah. kind of thing. And I feel like that comes from, and the confidence to be able to do that comes from sorting it out first in your head, mm. you know, because if you go in it all emotional and you're all flustered because, you know, someone has said something about you and now you, you respond straight away all emotional yeah. and you send a quick text or like a voice message or whatever, or it's face to face. Yeah. That's where issues will come up. Mm. And I feel like taking the opportunity and taking the time to process and think about where they're coming from and put yourself in their shoes. And for me, that comes from like even just going for like a little 30 minute walk. It's yeah. crazy the clarity that I would get after a, like a little walk with the dog. Yeah. You know, 30 or 40 minutes, listen to a podcast or in silence or whatever. And when I come back around, I'm like, I can't believe that this issue that I thought was such a massive issue is now completely clear in my mind. And it's like, oh, okay. Like I understand exactly where they were coming from and I feel so much less anger or yeah, okay. you know, anxious about the conversation that I have to have with this person because now it's like, okay, I can frame this in a way that it's coming from their shoes, not me being like, what do you mean? You don't yeah. like, like me as a person or you know, whatever the feedback was. Yeah, just that little 30 or 40 minutes. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. Like, I, I think taking emotion out of a conversation is definitely important, but I would like, yeah, 30, 40 minutes is still rapid. One of the things that we believe in at work is um, rapid, transparent communication. So it's it's almost prompting a conversation with that. Hey, I want to have like we call it RTC. Like I want to have some RTC with you, um, and they can be like, and then and then the, the person knows. And obviously, this is a workplace, so it's it's an inherently trained and educated value that we have across the, the team. Um, you can't really go that to someone in your personal life. Hey, want to have some RTC? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, uh, no, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that that's self-awareness to go, cool, this is how whatever happened transpired and this is what, what um, I want to say about that. And then being able to receive feedback backwards. Mm. And at least if you know that you can come, a, come away and going, I said my piece and feel confident in how it was delivered and felt heard, then I think you're okay. Um, I think sometimes I will delay like going through that, that um, strategy you had just mentioned. I'll, I'll, I've used that in the past and it, and it just delays and delays and delays like mm. oh it could be this oh but they could have meant this oh but then maybe if it's like from this direction right. like, oh just go up and ask hey you said this what does that mean yeah, what's that about yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, and for me that helps might not always do it but I feel like I do, I do it a lot more than I used to that's for sure right yeah what, what would you say you communicated like when you uh, oh I was a terrible like horrid right horrid at communication like relationships fail because of it Mm. Um, bit of ego about it uh, not I don't, I don't know if it was like small man syndrome but I feel like it was small man syndrome right too proud sure um, yeah I would let things get in the way absolutely and I feel like I'm a lot more I think people would laugh if I say patient but I feel like I'm more patient than what I used to be right um, a little bit more thoughtful and not as reactive so mm. I can still have the same sort of timeline but I've thought through the process a lot quicker right what about you it's a good question i think definitely now i'm i'm still emotional and passionate 
yeah which can get in the way of good communication mm-hmm. because i'm super quick to jump at something especially in a in a face-to-face conversation i feel like it isn't as bad because i'm probably more of a people person so i feel like i feel like everyone's on side yeah okay but then maybe that exaggerates whenever i get any negative feedback because it's like oh, i thought we were mates what do you yeah. mean you got negative feedback about me yeah um yeah, when I was younger, I probably didn't communicate, I don't think. Yeah, okay. Especially throughout those years of like 17, 18, 19, mum and dad's putting up and all that stuff. Before that, it was all about emotion and, and you know, love and gratitude and, and all those things. And I don't think I ever probably even used those words, but I definitely felt it. Yeah. And now I feel like it's like a 10-year cycle and I'm just coming back to that and understanding the benefit of showing and feeling those emotions to people that are around you in terms of communication i face to face i think that's where i excel in actually having a conversation with someone about their day or their weekend or how they're feeling or you know especially around fitness because that's just what i've done forever yeah been in gyms in different settings um yeah i feel like face-to-face communication for me is one of my stronger points Mm. i'm not sure would you agree or do you feel like it yeah, I, I think face to face. I think for the majority of people, face to face conversation is, as you get to this age, right, way more powerful. Some people shy away from it for sure, sure. but I think, like, hence we're here. Like face to face conversations right. is um, way more powerful than a text or a, or, a, yeah, email or whatever it is. I'd even prefer picking up the phone, having a chat. But yeah, face to face is definitely a stronger suit. Yeah, um, just for even interpretation like someone's interpretation of a text or, or whatever yeah. it is, it's like, there's no tone. And mm. I think, yeah, even like, especially for yourself, it's just um, engagement with whoever's the listener, whether it be one of your, your sessions or uh, friends or whatever it is, it's like very vibrant, very engaging, passionate. Um, and that doesn't come across in a text message. Yeah, that's right. So um, yeah, absolutely. Definitely agree. Mm. Have you ever come across someone that, wants to predominantly communicate over text but they're a horrible texter like, oh like my whole team at work. <laughs> no I'm, i and that and that's not fair um i just love phone calls like i'm just i've actually big... got a couple of them on the line now yeah. <laughs> um no i think like some of them will agree uh we now use really effectively like audio clips so yeah. it's like an audio message which is i find so much more powerful for, for two reasons um can respond when you've got the time um, because someone might not be able to pick up the phone. Um, and also you can hear tone, emotion, um, uh, maybe something super urgent saying something, Hey, I need this done now mm. is very abrupt and rude in a text message. You're like, Hey, I'd really appreciate if you get this done for me. The reason being is blah, blah, blah. Yep. So much easier and quicker to get a conversation over. Yeah, through, so efficient. But yeah, verbally than through, through text. So, um, yeah, I think, I think the generation after us will not pick up a phone yeah uh for whatever like each to their own but yeah hopefully they then progress to where we're at and they'll pick up the phone all the time yeah because <laughs> it is so much more powerful it'll be they'll uh, like in star wars where the it like beams the guy up and he's like on the table you know it'll be like a uh like a 3d thing of someone standing there so you can get the full oh, body yeah, language like, yeah yeah and yeah what are they verbal. called holograms like something yeah, like that yeah. it's like a full experience exactly um hey here's a video here's a video message that's in your room yeah, yeah. imagine that that's the Elon. That's the next best thing in in uh, right behind face to face. Elon's going to bring out the phone. He's developing a phone, apparently. Are you serious? I think so. Yeah. Sorry. 
um, and just put, probably put the phone flat and it would just come up with this hologram of someone. Dude. You know it's going to happen, eh? Oh, that's... If, if we look at... I, I reckon mean, that's ten, max 10 years away. Max. I reckon that's like the next, the next thing. 2031. Yeah. That, like if they're not doing that, if they're not already doing it and we just don't know about it, probably are. Area 51. Don't, we're not getting onto conspiracy theories. <laughs> That's, next That's next episode. That's next episode. I can't wait. I've been doing a lot of research. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one thing that I definitely want to cover off in in uh, at least this first chat is something some of what you've experienced in 2021 because I know it's been a massive year for yourself mm-hmm. in terms of your own growth and development and um, coming off the back of you know uh not a not a less than um i know you had a lot of energy around 2020 wanting to get in and start to like you say you see business opportunities and that sort of stuff uh and wanting to jump at them and you've managed to this year and if you look upon a a, uh you know where were you 12 months ago which is something that i like to reflect on whenever i'm either going through a really good time or a tough time it's like cool what have you actually accomplished in the last 12 months what's been some of you feel your like what have you accomplished this year that you didn't think you would? And then what are maybe some goals you set out at the start of the year that you've absolutely obliterated? Oh my God, this year has been the biggest year, I think so far of my career. Um, in that I had, I left my job before four and a half years I was working at the Institute of Fitness, mm. teaching the PT qualification. I finished that up at the end of 2019. So I'm gonna go in the last two years, yeah. if you don't mind, because everything kind of like- Flows on. Yeah. There's a story. Yeah, it's, a, it's a long story. Take me on a journey. Yeah, so I finished my job there in November of 2019, I believe. And what was that two years ago? So I must've been turning 25. It was my longest job that I had. Mm. Or maybe it was turning 26, must've been 25. And uh, four and a half years I was working there, which for me is a big deal yeah. because I'm so spor- sporadic, I guess, or impulsive. It, I get about an 18 month to 24 month speed bump. Yeah. Where whatever I'm doing, it doesn't matter. I'm always like, oh man, I'm stagnant and I hate stagnation. Yeah. Like I have to just keep progressing and moving to the next thing. And, and, uh, and for me, for four and a half years, that was, that was massive. It was the best job I've had because of all the opportunities I had um, from that. And also all the skills I learned as well. My communication was the biggest thing because I'm standing up in front of a, a room of 30 people possibly, of yeah. people between the age of 16 and 60. Yeah in you know in a teaching setting literally with a whiteboard and a powerpoint and and they're there just like looking up at you for f- four hours at a time it was like yeah. i obviously have to really hone my communication skills there 100 percent. um so anyway i left there at the end of 2019 and then for no real reason I, f- I feel like i just extracted as much as i could have out of that job which for me is a big marker for like all right time to move on or do something else for sure and, uh, and throughout that period, I guess my, because I was PTing up until that point, I went to uni and I was PTing all through that. And I, I did two thirds of my teaching career, uh, teaching um, degree and, and then fell out of that to do this job because that was what I really wanted and it was my dream job. So I went there and then, uh, and throughout that period I had PTed, but not as much when I was actually working there because of the hours didn't really allow it. Yep. And, uh, and then throughout that time, I was thinking more and more, do I actually have it in me to be able to still do this? Can I still hold a conversation with someone one-on-one and not just me talking to 30 people at once? Yeah. And can I get them on side enough to want to pay me $90 an hour yeah. in, you know, to train them? And do I actually have the skills to help them achieve their goals? And, and all these questions started coming up because I, I was doing it less and less and, and ticking the box less and less. Mm. 
So I left there and then took a like a little hiatus for however long, a couple of months, you know, three months or something. And I think I started PTing one on one again in a big commercial gym the next February or something. I can't remember the exact timeline, but roughly. Yeah. And uh, and went in there and then um, did really well and and that was good for for me to know that I could do it mm. and and progress through that and then went and did some PT management stuff at the same um, the same chain of gyms but at a different location yeah and then COVID hit and uh, and I was really lucky because I got into that job and I was there for like less than three months and then COVID hit and um, and there was and without that I would have had no income for yeah, however long we were huge. shut for here I'm not sure if you were in SA then but no 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 we, we were in Perth still yeah so we shut and I was really lucky because I got like government help throughout that period and, mm. and honestly that was my biggest period of growth I think mm. because I was like I'm I'm tired of being at the um, at the mercy of stuff like this. Yeah. And and not only that, I was tired of trading my time for money. Yeah. Like the trading the hour for X amount, you know, working You're a day for this value. much. Yeah. You're only worth your face value. Exactly. Time, yeah. There's only so much you can do, and I'm big on scalability. And I always and I was doing a lot of online programming at the time um, when I was working at the Institute of Fitness. And uh, you know, I had thirty or forty athletes on there of, of varying abilities and and you know, um, varying, uh, I guess, like buy into fitness. And yeah. I had some people just training twice a week and some training six times a week and, yeah. and different goals and whatnot. So um, anyway, I, I held that job throughout the lockdown, and then when we opened back up, it wasn't really the same role that it was when I had first gotten into it. It was more of a management role. We, in terms of being there to just be there. Yeah, because okay. for the opening hours we had to have a manager on at all times yeah and uh, I was like this isn't what I signed up for because I really wanted to help PTs get into their first PT gig mm. and do it in the right way and hire the right people and, and, and if the people weren't the right people for the job then tell them why and again this kind of, kind of comes from like the communication standpoint of yeah. learning how to communicate hey you're probably not the right fit and here's why here's what I want you to work on Etc. Etc. Yeah, and uh, I was really passionate about that. I'm like, I really want to do this in the right way. And uh, anyway, we shut with COVID, COVID, and then we came back, and it wasn't that at all. And I was just there, and I was behind the desk, and just signing people in, and saying good day, and mm. you know, doing all that kind of mundane stuff. And uh, and then an opportunity came up to work at a big company doing corporate fitness. Yeah, and this was at the start of 2020, I believe. And uh, it, I got a call on the Thursday. I was actually out at brunch. Um, I got a call on the way home and I started the next Monday Sick. and I was like there's no way or there, I could definitely do both of these jobs yeah the other job because it was just like a management thing it was uh, it was just evenings or afternoons and evenings and this other job was just mornings I was yeah, like okay. I can do both ideal and uh, and then talk to the talk to the regional manager the boss my boss not my direct boss but my boss's boss yeah. basically and she was like you can't do both hand in your resignation and like you're done by the end of the week so uh, that was the Friday, and then yeah, the Monday I started this new gig, yeah. and it was uh, yeah, it was great. And I it must have been sooner than that; it must have been like January or or December the year prior. And uh, and then I started this new gig, and and I was really lucky for that job because it paid really well, yeah, and it gave me the f the confidence financially, and also the time because I was working seven until one, seven a.m. to one p.m. It was yeah. like amazing working hours it gave me the time to be able to invest both financially and with my time into a something a space yeah, for sure a gym 
So I bought into a gym just around the corner from here. And that was obviously a massive learning curve for me as well um, in what it's like to run a business mm. and to integrate yourself into an existing business and your methodologies and your ideologies and what your beliefs are um, can be either like seamlessly taken on board yeah. or you could kind of meet um, some friction. Yeah. And it was kind of 50-50, yeah, okay. I think. And I also learned a lot from that as well in how to communicate effectively. And, and because I'm so passionate and driven about this thing, I wish I had known six months prior, like just go in and just like integrate yourself really slowly <laughs> and calmly. But I was like, no, I'm like, I really want to do it this way. And I'm, I'm, there's no, like, it's my way or the highway kind yeah, of thing. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, obviously that was a big learning curve for me as well in a purely positive way. I probably, I could have definitely, not probably, I definitely could have done it better. Mm. Um, but we got to the end result in the end anyway. Yeah. And, uh, and then we maintained that gym for a little while and then we rebranded recently and now the space is exactly as I want it. And it's, um, it's amazing. We've got a really good community and, and the coaches are amazing and, and the people that are in there are, are really, really good. And that's how you and I met each other and, yeah. and it's in a really good place. And now I just do coaching stuff and, and take a couple of footy clubs through their pre-season, in-season stuff. And besides that, I'm just doing my own training and, mm. and that's a pretty long-winded answer to your question. But the last two years has just been opportunity after opportunity and I, being someone that loves that and loves taking on the next thing or the next challenge it was it was a godsend because i could have easily have stayed at my old job for four and a half years for another four and a half years yeah suddenly i'm however i would have been 30 and i've been in this that's job for 10 young. years that's not that old, but. That's not that old. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah and i could have just been there forever and i would have extracted more maybe but i yeah i feel like yeah i'm super lucky very very thankful that I did have these opportunities come up and they came up in the exact order that they should have yeah. in order for me to be at this point now where I'm you know, stoked. And I feel like now that I'm not working 40 or 50 hours a week or 60 hours a week, it gives me time to do stuff like this and, mm. and reflect on myself and, and how I've grown and, and how I could have done better and what I did really well and you know, et cetera, because now I have that time. Yeah. I'm not just like in the nine to five, like slogging Grind. it out trading my time for money and you know not invested in something that i really believe in and that i'm passionate about mm. which i am now so i'm i'm stoked so i think like something that is a big takeaway for me from that is that you were not right place right time but were available to take on opportunities when they presented themselves and i think that's one of the things that potentially like goal setting or you know really being specific about what you're trying to accomplish can sometimes not allow because yeah. For two reasons it can help or it can hinder and i think if you've got a good end goal you can always make a decision if someone presents you something you can go it's just going to get me closer or further away from my end goal right. and if it's going to get you closer you got to take it if it's not then you just got to say no mm. as good or as bad as that opportunity is um but also by not having necessarily a very specific end goal you can kind of ride a wave and yeah. given your like you we've alluded to earlier it's like your personality and your um, natural ability to converse and build relationships has lent into these opportunities presenting themselves. Yeah. So it's like, it's not like a specific goal of like, cool, by this time next year, I want to own a gym by the, you know, by six months after that, I want it to be the gym that I want it to be. And then by six months later, I want to start a podcast and blah, blah. Like it's not a specific timeline or, or anything you've necessarily um, outwardly said. It's more a case of, by the sounds of it, I'm going to 
um, prep myself with all the skills and abilities to continue down this path and allow myself to be open to opportunity when it presents itself and then make the decision accordingly, mm. which I think is like, did you have goals to start a space? Yeah, that was always the end goal. It was, yeah. Yeah. So it was in it was in play for a long time, over a year, where I was looking for a space and going and looking at spaces and working out fit out costs yeah, okay. and, yep. um, and all that stuff. And it never came to fruition for a multitude of reasons. And uh, and honestly very lucky because I yeah, yeah. was so close to signing a ninety thousand dollar a year lease. Yeah. Like two months before COVID hit. Yeah, wow. And uh, and it's really up to the landlord's discretion whether they want to charge you or not for that time. Good time. And you know, so that old saying of everything happens for a reason, I strongly believe in that. Yeah, I've said that since like mum and dad split up. Yeah, and uh, and and again, I feel like that has helped me because I was never a big planner. Yeah, and okay. I, I still, I'm still not. I plan fitness stuff, and I plan strength and conditioning periodization plans, and I plan yeah. training for myself and my clients. And but other than that, it's like that's I I flex my planning creative muscle that yeah. way, yeah. and then everything else is just like. All right, let's let's build this thing. Let's become successful. Yeah, see. In you know, in the most genuine, uh, in the most genuine way, in the most with the most integrity. That's important for me. Mm. Um, but yeah, in, in answer to your question, I never really I, I had plans to open a space, but I also understood that it would happen when it would happen. Yeah, and that would be the perfect timing. Yeah, okay. And and that's just how it's worked out. It's worked out really perfectly. So without giving super specific detail, you've opened a space. Yep. Um, and I know that I, I got an understanding or an idea about what your next thing is, but what is 2022 kind of like, what does that look like for Luke? Definitely a second space. Yeah. Possibly a third space. Yeah. In the same realm, I'm hoping in fitness and in, you know, health and wellness. Sick. Um, and then possibly diversifying after that. Mm. I, I really want to get into some kind of hospitality thing. Um, that's really early stages in planning though yeah there's really no plans it's just yeah, okay. that would be cool okay sweet like, i'll just push that to the side now yeah yeah, yeah. because I, I i can see the i can see the opportunity within this new space yeah being a big one and i want to ride that and um that's pretty much it we're actually quite far through just the next the next planning for the next space mm-hmm. um and it's really just finding a space and then we can action it straight away yeah cool so we're very very close to that but after that, it's like horizon. It's just like, yes, yeah. like smooth, whatever happens, happens kind of yeah, thing. Sick. And, and that might change. My goal actually is to um, have my partner not work yeah. so she can, she can really chase her art, passion, career. Yeah, very and she's doing good. really well with that. But that's my, that's my, not my next goal, but the one after that. Yeah, Once yeah, I've got yeah. two spaces. Not the end goal, but before the end goal. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and I feel like that would really help her as well. In, uh, in doing what she wants to do and what she's passionate about. Yeah, cool. Because I, I saw the benefit of me doing what I wanted to do, not just doing something because it paid the bills. Yeah. And it and it's one step back for two steps forward. And uh, and she probably won't make as much money straight away, but mm. eventually it's like, you know, she could make more and she's way happier and she's doing what she wants to do and she's at yeah. home with the dog every day or dogs, hopefully like 10 of them um, every day and she's painting and doing what she wants to do. So... And as Biggie says, more money, more problems. So yeah. there's a definitely a law of diminishing returns when it comes to income and happiness. That's right. Um, as I'm sure you could probably find anyone on social media that's got, you know, flashing their cash and probably don't see what's going on behind the scenes as much. Sure. I, I, I know a few of my mates as well, just far more likely to go, you know what, I want a little bit less money. 
to make sure I do not hit the threshold of problems. Right, yeah. <laughs> what do you reckon that is? Oh, like I've had this chat with some people before and they reckon like a stable 60 grand a year income for an individual. I don't know if that's a partner, like with a couple, but it's like, I could just operate on that. Right. And I don't need anything flashy. After tax. I think it's after tax. I don't know. I don't know exactly. We didn't get into details, but sure. it's like cool 60 grand. Yeah. Say 60, 60 K net um, with a job that is not like, it's more lifestyle balance. So it's a case of uh, if I can have that just trickling in um, and then work, go to, go do 30 hours a week to keep the brain stimulated. I can still enjoy holidays, can do activities, be adventurous, get a little bit indulgent. Hey, and with COVID, you can't really spend money traveling. So um, I don't know what it would be for me, but for some reason, for a lot of people, that's a, that's a, I think mm. that's a pretty good marker if you've got a really good balance of, if you can balance your work and life, um, which I believe is definitely on the person and less so the work. After a brief interlude, we're back. We're back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that uh, to recap this, the 60K marker for, I think it's, it's like, oh, work-life balance, I think uh, was what we we're referencing. And that the the onus of a good work-life balance is on the employee, not the employer, to a point. Mm. Um, obviously, everything contractual has got to be upheld, but um, prioritizing life. And, and I, I heard from my osteo recently, it's like, for a lot of people, they work to live. Um, not everyone. Some people work to gain X financial incentive, stimulate uh, promotions and blah, blah, blah. A lot of people have, uh, are motivated differently in that regards. Mm. Um, but I would say 70% of people would work to live. It's like I work to get a check to go and live. Yeah. Um, and I feel like in our industry, it's slightly different, but um, it's, a, it's a fraction of the workforce. Right. What are your thoughts? Do you work to live? I don't know how to answer that. Well, I while you're thinking on that, can recommend these concoctions that we've made, which is a shot of oh yeah, shot of coffee with a block of ice filled up with tonic water. Mm. Uh, it's a it's a quite a humid day here in Adelaide and uh, quite refreshing. The tonic just gives it a little bit of a slightly different flavor but still get that caffeine hit so mm, big recommend for those that are wondering thinking we got like spiders or something it is but uh no, <laughs> you got just, yeah you got any, actually, no i think i got rid of it <laughs> yes what do you reckon work to live or mm, what's your motivation behind work to keep creating opportunities i think for myself and for my partner and for my mates um yeah, I'm big on that. I'm big on bringing people up with you. Yeah. And uh, and having a tight circle, but not being opposed to allowing people in the circle. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's important. Otherwise, you're just stuck with the same... Not stuck with. That sounds terrible. Sorry for my mates that I've been mates with forever. But <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, you're, you are, in a way, stuck with the same people and the same mindsets. And you're just getting this confirmation bias constantly about, mm. all right, this is the way like 27-year-old dudes think. Cool, I'll just like yeah. maintain that. Whereas, as you said before, you want to be challenged constantly. And I think yeah. that comes from conversing with new people and uh, not people of the same, like cut from the same cloth. Like talk to people that are older and younger and mm. different backgrounds and have different jobs and have different mindsets towards stuff. Like it'd be really interesting to actually chat with someone 
because you and I are very similar in the way that we're we're very driven yeah and we we want the best out of ourselves and of the people around us but it'd be really interesting to talk to someone um who just goes to their job they just that's just what they do like they work to live yeah they're nine to five and and they collect that check and you know I, for me it just it just is so different to how i think yeah that but that is probably that might be most people i think it is most people but it is just so different to how i think that it would be interesting to get their take on stuff that you and i think about like, yeah like creating business and scalability and probably sound it sounds as exhausting as it is or it can be at times yeah 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 for sure yeah it's um i don't know i think for me like the the work life comes into or work to live comes into i'm not working to live i'm working and living at the same time um mm. which is the benefit and one of the perks of why or the rash reasons i'm in this industry is to be able to have that flexibility uh because my job is something i enjoy doing f- even for myself so as an, i don't know like you know, I, I can't think of another example but like i you know i work on my own health and fitness and i help others with their health and fitness yeah um, not everyone would do that on a daily basis within their own job, within mm. their own career path. So it's, it is, there is a blurred line between work and life. But if I'm constantly living what I'm doing, it becomes a far easier thing to do. So therefore, I can actually allow more time to do the things oh, that I dude, want to do. That's perfect. Yeah, I've never, really th- I've never really heard it like that. I really like that. How you've just... Because you and I live and breathe this stuff. It makes it so much... Well, your job is pretty different than my job. Mm-hmm. But it's in the same space, Yeah, I suppose. So, yeah, man, I really like that. You, we live and breathe it, so it makes it so much easier for us to deliver the product because it's like... We're doing it. That's just the thing, dude. Yeah. Like, that's, just, that's just what we do. Yeah, and, and also it makes it so much easier because I do all the training within the program of the gym. Yeah, exactly. I don't write it, but I do it all which again just like adds that experiential level of like this is what it's going to feel like mm-hmm. or this is where it's hard and this is where it's easy if you're an account i mean if you're an accountant it's probably a bit different because you do your own accounting and but even like any, any sort of trade you you will do it for yourself but you're not doing it for yourself daily yeah and it's not improving your quality quality of life daily that might be the thing um like or you're doing you're in some sort of corporate or you're in some you're in like oil and gas and you're you know working on projects that need to get done you then go home and you have your switch off time you then try and train your body and your mind for your own self um, health you know meditate yoga whatever that is for you that allows you to switch off you've then got a family and blah 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 blah. Mm. whereas I feel like there is a lot it's a different scale when it comes to the health and or or anyone that lives what they do uh, or what they get paid for I guess Um, which is a yeah really exciting um, thing to identify I guess but also really it allows the the the, act, the activity lifestyle or like as I call it like I play a lot of golf so I have the ability on a Thursday at 3pm to go and play some golf I can think back to when my old man was 31 well probably can't I was 4 but you know in his 30s there's no way on a Thursday at 3pm he's playing golf Yeah, he's in an office um, and that is that generation and he was in corporate um, but now he can. He works for himself, and if he wanted to, he could go on Thursday at three pm and go play golf. And that's, you know, I got mates that are the same. One of my mates I was playing golf with on a Thursday when I had this realization. We both did. So like, this is pretty nuts. Like he's thirty, I'm thirty one. Um, his dad used to be a pilot, so a little bit of a different, flexible 
uh, a little different lifestyle, but like, no, kind of on call when, when I need to fly, I need to fly. Yeah. Um, and whenever we choose to play golf, we can play golf. So such a mm. bizarre change in generations. Yeah, we're so lucky to be in this generation, I think. Right, right after the working generation. Yeah. Right before this massive technological generation. So we can kind of reap the rewards of both. Mm. I feel like we get the, the drive and the work ethic of our parents mm-hmm. um, and our grandparents. And we can utilize that work ethic with technology. Yeah. And they interface with each other perfectly. Yeah. Which is why I feel like, I mean, we can do this. This is like a, cra- a great example of that. Yeah. Um, same with everything online. Like you, I don't know how much detail you want to go into, but your job is completely through your laptop. Yeah. Um, or, you know, computer or whatever. That's pretty amazing. Our, my parents couldn't have done that when they were our age. Oh, I definitely not my grandparents. Um, yeah, that was still like on horse and carriage, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, even the flexibility allowed from, from employers as well and the, uh, mm. the forced, uh, some of the forced decisions made by last year's pandemic and the ongoing pandemic, if you want to live in WA, um, is such that, hey, people still need to work from home. People need to be able to work remotely or fulfill a task without being micromanaged over the back of them and getting into that cubicle every day. Um, obviously the software's out there that you can do that now and, and it can be monitored and managed and that's a new skill set that's being constantly developed and um, refined that probably hasn't been there in the past like mm. think back 10 years no one's working from home very few very few people working from home because how do you manage it how can I trust that they get done that right. the job gets done but now the trust is forced that's a huge benefit from this oh it is for sure but there's big learning curves being made by various um, employers I can imagine across the world because it's like well, now you're really going to see who works. Mm. Um, you know, like I, I always see it as like links in a chain. And if you have a team of 10 and one link's broken, the others only have to bring up 10%. But if you have a smaller team of, say, four, well, I'll do easy math. If you have a small team of three and one of those links breaks, the other two are going to be working at 150% right. to cover that one person. Mm. So you can see that even more so when someone goes remote. It's like because they're now alone. Right. So the task is either getting done or it's not. Um, and you can't get the metrics can't get um, blurred mm. uh, so yeah I'm just shocked that I keep bringing up metrics but like it's an easy way to measure an outcome um, and I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an exciting prospect for years to come because I feel like you know the, all the infrastructure in the world is going to slowly diminish if it hasn't already in terms of the, the office buildings and things like that and people are going to be opting for more um, pleasant work environments be it at home or at an office so they might have more space because people want to work from home. So, that, you know, instead of having a cubicle, a, a floor of 30 people, you might have a floor of 10 people because the other 20 want to work from home. So right. you get that buy-in or you get that hot desking experience that can be, you know what, we don't need all these desks. We can put couches in. We can make it a little bit more of a, an enjoyable space for people to want to come into. Mm. Yeah, like Google Office. Yeah, exactly. Dude, yep. yeah, I would love to go there and see that. Just, just to wander around. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah, as they're like fixing my Gmail account or... Uh, <laughs> What I don't know. What do they do? What Google? I don't even know. Yeah. Develop the next algorithm. Yeah. Dude, I was watching a um, an episode of Joe Rogan the other day, and it's where they're it's the same guys or the same guy that created the social dilemma. Yeah. And uh, the toxicity, I suppose, or the negativity around the algorithms of Facebook. Yeah. Right. And uh, and his job when he got hired there was. Um, like 
algorithms manager or something like that. And then he ended up having iterations of his job and he ended up being basically in a long-winded way, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm probably butchering it, but how to capture people's attention, but ethically and morally. Because <laughs> there's so many like unethical, yeah. immoral ways of doing that. Yeah. Um, and we see it all the time still, but yeah, really interesting. And maybe that's what they're doing. Oh man, like I was, I was actually watching some NBL last night thinking of capturing attention and the amount of um, advertising that goes on on an NBL court, not even on the uniforms, just on the court right. to try and vie for a piece that can be marketed to the viewers and the people in the stadium. And like, yeah, advertising has just gone ridiculous, obviously to the point of social media where you can literally target, yo, I want Luke. It's 27, lives in Adelaide, owns a gym. I want to sell this product to So him. specific. Like, you could be so specific. Mm. Yeah, I was watching the TV last night, just... We were... Uh, uh, Saturday. We were babysitting, and the baby accidentally turned it on, and then there was some, like, shitty Christmas movie on, and, and I was watching it, and I was... But I was more specifically watching the ads in between, and yeah. I couldn't believe how gripping they are. Yeah. And they're so, like... Yeah. They just suck you in. It could be... I don't know, like a lawnmower or something. Mm whatever it is it's I all, need it <laughs> but that, they put all their money into that yeah like in, in marketing so important that they put all their money into this thing to grip people to grab their attention it's like the war on attention mm. that's what they Big call time. it but yeah it's crazy stuff and I think that kind of comes back to what we were talking about before with um, like ha- you backing in or you telling people to back themselves in in the workplace and what they know mm. I think it's so hard to grab people's attention yeah because there's so much noise out there, especially yeah. in the fitness industry, that that's where I think a lot of that comes from. Yeah, true. And, uh, you know, it's like, oh, why do I even try when I can't get through all this noise and all this stuff that's going on? It happens in every... Oh, 100%. In every field, I guess, of fitness, I think specifically. I've never really done anything but be in the fitness industry, so I can't talk on business or, um, you know, or really anything else. But especially in fitness, even in stuff that you would think is very regimented, like strength and conditioning. Yeah. There's all this shit that just somehow seeps in because it's grabbing and it and it gets people's attention, and mm. that's when it gets clicks and likes and shares and comments, and so more people see it. And yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a toxic kind of whirlwind. It's con- yeah, it's, it's like snowball. I think um, that's it. For, for me, as soon as I c- I have those thoughts, it's like just start just start because mm. you just never know who's watching i had a pt that worked at a gym that i was at in perth and had a client come up to him after two years and say i've been watching you for two years i want to like come and be your client just from watching him in the gym crazy um and he's like if i was to ever refer someone to a pt in perth it would be him right. um solid knows his shit really down-to-earth bloke never compromises who he is as a person always on and I can imagine that would take time and effort there'd be times where he wouldn't want to be on for sure mm. but stand up bloke and I think that pays off for those sort of outcomes and you know when it comes to the promotion or the the, the stuff that we see again it's the stuff that we see because we're in the industry you got people that have just come signed up to a gym you are the person that is on that level for them mm. so they're going to just eat up what you say and it's not until they get to the I've been here for four years or three years or two years, or whatever it is that they start going, oh, oh, there's a bodybuilding competition. Oh, there's a powerlifting competition. Oh, who's the best powerlifter? Oh, let me follow them. Like blah, 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 blah. Mm. Um, that's where I think we miss the mark sometimes as fitness professionals in, on a, 
smaller scale at least to begin with and it's like just to give people the confidence you have an audience your audience might not be huge but you have an audience it could be one person sure it could be being the example to your family because they will eat up what you say because they back you and they trust you mm. um you know you see i don't even know what fits both people are out there anymore i don't really have any social media so it's so refreshing yeah, but um it's like I don't, I don't know who people follow but it's like they they get followed because they are liked and trusted to be a source of information whether that's valid or not so if you can back your knowledge and you know it's true and sometimes that's the hard part as well there'll be people who just like you and will trust your knowledge yeah and will buy into it and after two years or six months or whatever they'll go hey I want to come and train wherever you're at or thank you like i've actually been following you a you know little the, the once a week workout you put up and i've actually lost a little bit of weight appreciate it. you've never heard from me but mm. um thanks for doing that for free and yeah, that's, that's like empowering that's massive like you'll just you'll just put out free content forever if you did that for sure right um not saying we shouldn't get paid we should definitely get paid but uh yeah i think you, you just never know who's watching in in all senses of the word so you gotta take the good with the bad but as we all know, the, the good far outweigh the bad. We just highlight the bad when it comes to, we, you know, we, we, the self-doubt in the whole world is growing, massively growing. It's a massive contrast, isn't it? Because we emphasize the bad in ourselves and places like Instagram and Facebook mm. and Twitter only emphasizes the good 100%. or people only emphasize the good in themselves. Yeah. So it's this massive divide. Of, it feels like it's just getting further and further apart mm. of the bad is really bad yeah. in our minds and the good people are really really good mm. and uh it's not really the case no you know i think people on average are like pretty much the same as they always have been um we just have this knowledge available to us but people are so desperate for that attention that they only put out the hyper good yeah and they time. really suppress anything that is like less than good mm. and uh and then that creates this huge divide between people so yeah that's i don't know how you've got through without social media <laughs> that's yeah <laughs> I think that's I think it's all like it's commendable I couldn't well I could do it I don't really care for it I see it as a business tool but I don't really feel the grip towards like the likes or the comments yeah. or like yeah. any of that stuff but I mm. understand the benefit of getting like for a business standpoint getting 100%. the brand out there yeah. and creating stuff that is I guess like in my own way utilizing the algorithm to get attention for the business to ethically market to people. <laughs> Always ethically and morally. <laughs> Always. Oh, that's a business tool. They're fantastic business tools. And I think that's, you know, that's the, what the basis of them is at the moment. To That's how they make their money. That's how Facebook is a billion dollar company. That's how Google is a billion dollar company. It's mm. not because they want to be a healthy, happy search engine to help people, edu- educate people. Mm. So they're targeting market, you know, marketing ads and, and whatever it is. So same with Facebook, same with Instagram. They're all owned by the same company. So, mm. um, yeah, Do you I don't think know. you'll ever get on that? Sorry? Do you think you'll ever get on that? Instagram? Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if I got back on, but um, it's been 18 months, nearly. Next month will be 18 months, and my life hasn't changed. You know, I haven't lost out. Um, yeah, like I, if I... I think if I didn't have to have Facebook for work, I possibly wouldn't have Facebook. Mm. Um but I do enjoy Facebook for the staying connected to friends and family in different states and that sort of stuff. That's probably one of the big, the big things for me at the moment. If I was in Perth, it would be a lot easier to drop it off. Yeah. Um, but hey, created new relationships in, in different areas. So it's, it's a good sure. way to stay connected to friends. But I think the, the scroll, I definitely don't have. Um, yeah. I don't have that sort of 
desire to get on there and have all my eyes. But again, like going back to the ads thing, like I'll pay for any subscription service so I don't get advertised to. KO is all my sport. I will not watch free to air. YouTube I pay for. Like just, I just don't want ads. Yeah. I don't, I don't, for for me, and if I could pay for Facebook to not get ads, oh, I'd probably save more money. (laughs) I'd actually save money. The amount of ads, even yesterday, (laughs) I got targeted this, that probably knows that I'm trying to buy things for my girlfriend for for Christmas. So I'm getting women's apparel. And I actually go, Zoe, did you want this? What other colors does it come in? Then you scroll and then you buy it. Oh, it's bad. It's a bad time. So, um, no, I'm pretty happy off it. I think, um, there will come a time where I'll jump back on again, but, uh, like never say never sort of thing, but it's not, uh, there's a part of me that definitely wants to get back on, but it's like, Oh, what's the, what's the trade off? Right. What's the, what am I gaining out of it? I'm probably Mm -hmm. losing time. Do you have anything, any goals related to that? Social media? Yeah. No. Getting on Facebook, getting on social media. Yeah, like Not, business related or... Um, I guess because you're an employee. I mean, no, you could still drive traffic to your business. No, not, not really. Like, um, I enjoy YouTube um, in terms of that's actual content. It is still, you know, created. It's curated and that sort of stuff, but it's less marketed. Mm. Um, and I just watch a lot of golf. Uh, on youtube so yeah. again more sport more competition um but no nah, not really mm. yourself i don't know again i see the benefit because of the business side of things and also because i want to be at the forefront of providing information to people yeah i feel like that's important as well and there's no better place really to do it than social media yeah so i can see the benefit of that However, in terms of like promoting myself, I don't really care for it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't care if Instagram went down tomorrow. I definitely wouldn't care if Facebook went down tomorrow. I feel like Facebook is like, besides staying connected with people, Messenger mm. is really big, mm. but the actual Facebook app itself, I feel like is yeah. the trenches. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, it's horrible. And I don't know how to, uh, you know, even my recommended pages are just like bullshit, basically. Like it's not even, I don't even follow them. Yeah, but yeah. yet I'm still seeing them all the time yeah. coming up and, and promoting stuff that I don't even need to see. Um, I guess maybe I would like to, I guess kind of going back on what I just said, I guess I would like to promote myself as a person, I guess, as a coach, not so much as a trainer, but as an athlete, I suppose. Yeah. Not that I'm an athlete really of any like good caliber, mm. but even still like, being a testament to what we do at the gym. Mm. I feel like that's an important standpoint. Um, and I feel like it gives that relatability rather than the hyper curated advertisements that you'll see of the gym where it's like a bunch of tens working out yeah. and they're like crushing this thing, crushing this workout. And it's all like, you know, really edited really perfectly and it mm. looks amazing and it's really gripping. I would like to show the steady grind of what it actually is like. Yeah, 100%. Like what it takes to get stronger or what it takes to, you know, build for half a marathon or... I think that's where, like, for me, YouTube is a better platform. Mm. Purely from the the sense of, like, you can actually put out more frequent content that is less flashy and it still get viewed. Mm. Not that it's about the view, but it's like, cool, like, you know, I'm about to go into isolation in a couple of days because... 
Uh, I won't get political on this podcast, but I have to uh, <laughs> because, I, because I need to. And one of my thoughts is like, cool, I'm going to document every day. I'm going to document every day in some capacity. It's going to be, could be boring. It cool. could be monotonous. But like just exact, for exactly that reason, like the, the grind of what it is mm. day in, day out, but how much like how much more self-aware, proficient at a skill, whatever it is, I'll become in 14 days. Like habits take, what, three weeks to really get ingrained, 21 days, something like that. Um, you can do it in 14. You're a regimented. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, just that sort of stuff. Like, cool. So what does journaling for 14 days create as mm. a habit? What does, if it's meditating, yoga, um, actually doing 30 minutes of bodyweight exercise, or if I can pinch some dumbbells from work or something like that, uh, what is that? What's the pre and post in terms of intrinsically as well as maybe externally, physically or mentally or whatever it is? Um, all that sort of stuff like that. You're not just going to go, hey guys, here I am on Facebook again or Instagram again doing doing this. Yeah. Here I am writing. Like, you know what I mean? It's like the story, isn't it? Of- yeah, I feel like you can create a movie or a vlog, for want of a better term, that can document it and hold that information and present it and uh, present information better in that space yeah yeah that's a i feel like it's important more important now than ever i feel to show that contrast of how slow some things are Mm. like it isn't always just all right you sign up to the gym and suddenly eight (laughs) pack it's like there's more to it than what do you mean (laughs) yeah well you wouldn't know (laughs) please i'm still chasing great god uh or italian god i should say are there any italian gods roman right of course yeah um, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very distracting in that regard. <laughs> no, I, I think, yeah, the, the grind, like nothing happens. The, the, an easy one that we use at work is like, you didn't gain 20 kilos in six weeks. You're not going to lose 20 kilos in six weeks. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, you know, all that sort of stuff. So I think, yeah, the monotony of life, there's even a paper. I don't know why I'm looking around, but I, I've ha- actually have the paper. My dad actually printed it out and gave it to me. It's like the monotony, the monotony of life or the monotony of excellence is what actually gets you to uh, excellence. Mm. You know, it's the day in day out grind. It's not a case of like doing anything special. Right. It's literally just showing up day one, in the morning, in the evening, during the day, um, every day. I actually sat down with um, Zoe yesterday and kind of went through my goals with her uh, for next year and uh, in some detail. And she was like, oh, I've, I see you go through, you're, you're an all or nothing sort of person. I see you go through these waves of, um, giving it everything. Like, I just don't know when to, to push you to keep you in check mm. for what you want. Like, how badly do you want these things? And my acknowledgement and my realization of that was like, it's exactly what I'm telling you. Like, I'm gonna wane, mm. can guarantee it. Like, everyone has motivation to a point, but it's when the shit gets hard that that's when you either need your support network or internally motivated or whatever it is to go, hey, you said you're gonna do that. You haven't done it for two, three days now, True. a week now, what's going on? And, you know, if I'm the one to react and go, hey, mind your business, that's on me. That's not on them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it is the monotony and it is the, the um, consistent grind, for want of a less flashy word or less, you know, keyword of 2022. Yeah, that's the question. Um, to, to yield a result. And that's what people don't see. Like you say, that, you know, you only hear about the Olympians once every four years. Yeah, that's true. You don't hear about Australian swimmers outside of com games or olympics you don't hear about our next best track runner outside of the stall gift or stall gift yeah not sure can't remember what that is uh or olympics you just don't hear about it mm. but they've been working every single day for four years man 
That's what motivates me. I, I love that. And I would rather see four years of the grind yeah. than, like if I had to pick, this, I don't, in my mind, that's an easy choice. I'd rather see four years of the grind than one event of like an excellent performance. Yeah. Well, you, you follow, and that's why people have followers. Like they see their journey. Mm, that's true. That's why people like buy into people being excellent. Cause it's like, hey, and like, especially the ones that are um, really across the people they follow. Like, hey, I remember when you were just this and now I can see you here. And that's really cool. That's rewarding for individuals to watch someone do that. Mm. Imagine how rewarding it is for that person as well. For sure. So I think that like for me, documenting that sort of stuff is going to be a really big focus for next year. Just not necessarily to document a grind, but just for myself to go, yeah, remember when it was really hard? Like here's a vision of you doing it because it was really hard. Mm. It's like, yeah, cool. I can do it. Next thing. Right. Next thing. As opposed to doing it for three like one of the biggest things for this year for me was not drinking for four months that was unreal like oh that was actually so easy it's big it was actually the one of the easiest things i've ever done once i got past i had a big enough why so i had a, i had a really easy why um but once you just like no this is part of who i am then that's just what you do right um so i think taking that mentality into different aspects for next year it's just going to mean a little bit more of a hopefully an exponential Hashtag COVID, uh, exponential growth uh, or exponential just just journey, not even growth, just journey. It's not always, it's not always up. Mm. So, do you want to expand on what kind of growth you're looking for? Um, like I say, I love a challenge. I'll know it when it comes to me. I don't really like. I don't know. I don't. It, it'll be the next hardest thing, whatever's next and whatever's hard that would be the next growth, the next point of growth. So it's not a case of, um, I really want to get to here. It's a case of if I can push myself in areas that I may not have otherwise pushed myself before and then mentally get through them, physically get through them, what does that set me up for in terms of a persona or a skill set or a background for me in, in other areas that I can go, hey, well, I can lean on that experience as an example, mm. like the mentality behind not drinking. It's not actually that hard when you just do it. Sure. Um, you know, wanting to do half marathons at a set pace. It's just like, well, I just got to basically, my logic, I just got to do the running. Right. If I just do the running, I'll get it. Mm. Just do the work. Like it's that simple. And so then when I, when I hit that goal, it'll be case of, oh, that was easy. And that'll set me up for like, if someone presents something that looks like a challenge, it's not really that I've hard. Done this. So yeah. 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 That's one of the main, the main psychological and mental benefits, I think of fitness and overcoming adversity mm. generally. And I say that to people all the time. It's like, you need to challenge yourself so that your daily challenges are now just like a part of it. Yeah. You know, whether that be... Like, Train harder than you play, basically. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So in the gym, that should be the hardest thing that you do. Mm. Not like, I'm just going to cruise through this gym session because my day is so hard. Yeah. Which is why I think it's important to train earlier or like before work. So then you can look well for me i look forward to training regardless yep. how easy or hard the session is yep. or what the focus is whether it's strength or whether it's like some you know like pain cave inducing mm. conditioning workout i really enjoy that and i enjoy the different feelings and the different stimuli i guess of fitness in that the strength stuff and and that buzzed feeling that you get after with your nervous system's just like fried oh, after yeah. some, like after some heavy deadlifts or like running 21.1 kilometers yeah. or whatever like that feeling is different again I, I just love 
I love the hurt of it mm. in like in like a in a strange not not like saddest way, but because I just understand that like I have I haven't been through a lot, but I've been through some stuff. Yeah, and and I feel like if I can overcome going to the gym every day and doing the stuff that hurts every day and and overcoming it and constantly showing up and and having that discipline to go through that grind consistently then really anything that comes up is not going to be that much of a challenge 100% and I'm really only seeing the benefit of that I feel now like in the last three months yeah like corresponds directly with the the gym opening up as it is now my mentality has never been better yeah see in that I'm fully confident in myself and my abilities and I'm I'm thankful and I understand that I've had a lot of luck and a lot of opportunities come to me through luck and kind of being in the right place at the right time and also maybe some hard work as well and and being a good person I can see that now Mm. but I feel like I'm only really seeing the benefit of sticking to it now and and I think I've said this so many times and and if I've I've taught a lot of people the PT qualification I said this from the start I wasted the first four years of my career yeah and I feel like I've I've almost wasted the first 26 years of my life in a way yeah well having not been at this point mentally yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I wish and, it, and this is hindsight but i wish i could have known what i know now when i was 17 yeah and where i could be at and but you and, can't without having gone through that like you just wouldn't exactly yeah, yeah exactly which is so it's a, it's a silly thing to think that you could do that so yeah. again i'm thankful and i think that that comes from like creeping up on 30 and being like oh man i'm i haven't achieved what I thought I would have achieved yep. in the time because is, is this the right saying you can't see the forest through the trees or, or, yeah, the yeah, trees yeah. or something like that it's like I've, I have done a lot in the last especially two years as I said yeah. before um, but still like I'm not I'm not where I want to be mm. so when you said it's, it's not hunger for you it's hunger for me yeah. like I'm hungry for this thing and, and not in like the sense of like a pack animal like you know hunting on a little lamb like i'm hungry to be an individual that does stuff and become successful but in the all the right ways yeah 100 with integrity and being genuine and being kind and bringing others up along for the way because you can easily do something what's the saying you can go if you want to go far go alone if you want to go no what is it if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far further together yeah yeah exactly so i i understand the benefit of bringing people up along with you as well and and i'm just really looking forward to the next five years i think it's gonna be huge for both of us Mm. and uh yeah i'm really keen but again i'm I'm not really planning so much besides what we talked about before with the second and third space and but i've got opportunities and i've got meetings later this week about opportunities and it's just like a constant constant thing it's sick man it's good it's exciting yeah it's really it is exciting and i've never really given myself the opportunity to be excited about stuff like that and and I never, I'm never, I mean, everyone that really has ever spent any serious time with me will, will agree with me here. I'm never content. Yeah. Like I'm always chasing the next thing. Ivana yeah. will tell you that. And, uh, and, it, and it annoys her because she's like the opposite. Yeah. She's like, just be happy with where you're at. Yeah. Like you're doing, you're doing stuff. And, and uh, I'm like, no, I really <laughs> need to just drive for this thing. Like, yeah, big time. You know? And uh, I'm not sure if you're the same as that. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely part of me absolutely yeah like it's always looking for something else or the next thing or whatever it is but and again those are the same just like just be content I'm, I'm learning to be content with where i am a lot more mm. uh not for it's not a trade-off it's not the more content i am the less i want 
Um, but I, I'm very aware, like I say, like I, I often acknowledge where I was 12 months ago. Yeah. Um, and go, cool, in 12 months I've accomplished this, which is always a really cool, like literally to the, to the day. So it's currently the 13th of December. Hadn't even moved to Adelaide a year ago today. Mm. Um, still had Christmas, packing, didn't really actually, didn't, hadn't signed the lease on where we're staying, been unnerved and now been here for a year, about to go into a second year. Traveled all this year, nine trips back and Perth to back and forth to Perth, um, all that sort of stuff to go. It's not the year I thought I was going to have, but it's not to say I haven't accomplished things. So mm. uh, that that allows me in those moments to be content and be um, acknowledge the journey, not necessarily the end goal, or not chase the the next thing as much. I want to come back to something you just said. You kind of glazed over it, but I think it's an important note that it's not a trade off between being content and having drive mm. that is a bit of a realization i guess for me and that i've never really thought about it like that and i've always thought the more content you are the slower you're moving yeah okay and yeah. uh that doesn't have to be the case i guess not at all man like yeah, it, yeah yeah i get i guess it's hard it's not really it's like hitting something in my ego i yeah, think it's yeah, like yeah. It's bouncing off and it's going no that's wrong <laughs> <laughs> that couldn't possibly be the case yeah, but yeah it must be you must be able to see where you are compared to a year ago, as you yeah. just said, and be like, you know what? I actually have achieved a lot and I can reflect on it. And I've told a 10 minute long story before about the last yeah. four and a half years, but or the last three years, two years. So I am aware of where I have been, but that doesn't stop me from wanting, wanting to be more. Or, yeah. I wouldn't say you're not content with where you are. Yeah. No, I, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's true. I am because I just said that I'm in the best place I ever have been exactly. mentally. Like you acknowledge where you are. I think others just want us to acknowledge it for longer. Yeah, no, I'm happy just with an instant. <laughs> cool, <laughs> it's happy a passing next. by. I'm like yeah. seeing it on the bus on the way past and then I'll just keep like on my, just keep trudging away on my path. Nuts. I think that's a probably a good way, way to wrap it up and sure, um, maybe step into the next year or hopefully this gets, I think it's going to get released at the start of the year anyway. So yeah. Um, yeah, a good way to kind of reflect on what 2021 has been. Uh, we'll probably lead into the next one about what 2022 may bring. Sure. Um, not planning necessarily, but, um, you know, speaking things into fruition and manifesting outcomes and um, maybe setting some specific targets for, I know that's how I, I like to operate. So we might see what the next one brings, but huge. Um, good to have the first one under the belt and here's to the next chat. Mm. Thanks, man. Thank Appreciate you. It.